No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. With me today is a very special guest. It's Dave Sussman of Whiskey Politics. And I do encourage everybody to check out that website. They have a lot of great content, lots of great interviews. Uh, Just prior to this, I was listening to the interview with Scott Pressler. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Hey, great to have you. Uh, Great. Thank you for having me, I should say. I'm used to doing the interview, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, for anybody maybe not familiar with what you're doing, you know, I think that we need to get the spotlight on as many MAGA personalities as, you know, conservative voices as possible. Kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you guys are going with whiskey politics. Yeah, so Whiskey Politics started in the election cycle of 2016, hence the name Whiskey Politics. We needed a drink to sit down and go through it all. And I still think that's continuing today with the way that the politics has just devolved over the past three years since that last election. Uh, So our focus is kind of like what you guys are doing as well. I think uh, we all agree the more voices the better, uh, is to bring people on. And they don't have to be, you know, MAGA hat wearing people. I I, want to have a discussion about our politics, about our culture, because what is happening right now with our media and whether you're a Fox News fan or an MSNBC News fan, whatever, somewhere in between, um, I don't think we're we're getting the information and the news that allows us to become educated participants in, in politics today. Everything is about emotion. Everything is about attacking each other, and it doesn't serve the purpose of pushing the narrative forward. What is it that we're looking to do? We're looking to have a discussion. And so by sitting down and having long-form discussions, and we're not the only ones doing this, there were very few of us doing it at the beginning, but a lot of folks are doing this now, but uh, it it allows our our, uh, listeners and our viewers to really get into the details and make their minds up themselves instead of being told what to think by the pundits on TV. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, during the last election, it was also, you know, it was just such a, almost a chaotic time. And, you know, coming out of that, I think that a lot of obvious censorship, deplatforming, and demonetization has occurred through a lot of conservative uh, voices here, you know, on the internet and, well, really everywhere on the radio. And I think you probably speak more to that. Uh, what have you experienced? And do you think that this is going to get better or worse? Are you referring to the throttling and deplatforming? Yes, I am. Yeah. So obviously, this is one of the biggest issues of our time, and it comes back to free speech. Um, and we're we're not the only ones who've experienced some throttling. Uh, a lot of our friends, a lot of our colleagues, a lot of people that are big, big names uh, in the um, in the conservative movement are experiencing this. Uh, I just, uh, a, a good friend of our show, somebody that you've probably heard of is Brandon Strzok. He founded the walkaway movement. We've had him on the show a few times. In fact, we were, we had him on right before anybody really knew who he was for the first time. Hey and uh, fantastic guy, fantastic movement. And for your listeners who are, are not familiar with walkaway, 
Uh, he is a uh, he is a gay. He was a gay Democrat. He's now a gay Republican who voted for Hillary, and he started to uh, see the light as far as what the Democrats and what the liberals are doing uh, uh, in their politics and using identity politics to push their narrative. And uh, he he basically woke up. Uh, he became woke. And so this conservative movement that he has right now, where he's got hundreds of thousands of people posting videos of themselves that were liberal or uh, they maybe they're gay or they're transsexual or whatever it may be, are now coming out, coming out and saying, hey, look, yeah, um, these Democrats, these liberals today, these progressives today, they do not stand up for, my, for me and my, my rights. I'm voting for Trump. I like what he's doing. I don't believe that he's a racist and everything that they've been telling me. Well, Brandon Strzok just went to Chicago this week. We with his team, and uh, he was going to do a walkaway uh, movement panel, uh, like a town hall that they did. Uh, they just um, were notified a couple of hours before they sold tickets, and they don't make a lot of money doing these things. That the uh, the venue, the theater, was canceling the agreement because they went online and they saw that he was a Nazi and all this other horrible things that the left are writing about conservatives. And so they're stuck there in a city that they don't know, Chicago, carrying lugging equipment, and he's got his team, and he had to pay for their tickets and everything else. And uh, they've been kicked out. And this is not the first time that's happened. It happened in New York. Uh, they filed a lawsuit against the venue for that one as well. But uh, this is not... This is not in a vacuum. Everything that you are seeing happening right now with somebody like a Brandon Strzok is happening to you. It's happening to us. But I mean, absolutely, we're being throttled on uh, Facebook. We can't advertise on Facebook because of the political uh, nature of our site. Somebody at Facebook has decided that they will not take our money. I mean, how insane is this today? I mean, we're not we're not haters. We are right of center. Uh, I, I talk politics. I talk culture. We've had people from the poker world, from science and and economics, and this and that. And and we're not allowed to advertise on Facebook. So this is the this is the issue of our time right now that I think is going to really play. A pivotal role in the election. We saw uh, with uh, Project Veritas this last week that we, Google has openly admitted on camera that they are Wasn't going that to a try great video. And it was insane that they are going to try to prevent Trump from winning re-election in 2020 using algorithms, which is the bottom line of that video. So this is this is really scary. Yes, I think it's getting worse. I think it even goes more into. I, I agree with you. It's the issue of our time, and it's about who controls the ability of, you know, us, it is a free speech issue, but, you know, for a plurality of ideas and, you know, the marketplace of thinking in general, I think that's really going to be the test uh, of social media and the fate, the fate of those social media companies, I think, is going to be decided because of that. I think you know, there's going to be a massive upheaval when people are going to say, hey, why isn't my voice heard? Because uh, these larger entities, people that may have a microphone or a camera, you know, they are getting censored. I think it's going to get more even to micromanagement. I think you're going to see that every day, just average accounts. What do you think yeah. about that? Big Brother's watching us, really. Yeah, no, they are. And that's why you have alternative sites like Parlay, spelt Parlor. You should check it out. Uh, we have a, an account on there under Whiskey Politics. And uh, Dude, yeah. other sites like MeWe, we had, uh, we had the CEO of MeWe uh, on our, on our uh, show last year. You know, you need alternatives. You need places where people aren't not going to be throttled. They're not going to be tracked. Uh, total privacy. 
Um, and, and, you know, the problem that we have, and we all know this, is that the fangs, uh, you know, Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, Netflix, uh, Amazon, Google, uh, they are, they own it. The tech titans own this. I wrote an article last week that went up on ricochet.com, and we should really link it over at Whiskey Politics. And it was about how, uh, you remember the movie Revenge of the Nerds in 1984? I don't know how old you all are, but uh, oh, it was one Total of the movies classic. I grew up with. Who hasn't seen it at least, you know, in yes. Netflix? Come on. If you it's haven't, a fantastic movie. It's, it's a right. fantastic movie, and it's definitely a, a, uh, a time capsule movie because there are some things in that movie today which won't fly. But um, it was about how the, 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 uh, the, the nerds, the computer geeks in 1984, they formed their own fraternity under by bamboozling a black fraternity charter, Lambda, 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 so they can um, they compete against with the jocks on campus, the alpha betas, the jocks who were bullying them, they were embarrassing them, and this and that. Okay, it was great. And, and if you're watching the movie, you're rooting for the you're rooting for the lambda lambda lambdas, right? The nerds to 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 you know um, come back and uh, get revenge, right? Retribution. But if we take a look at what's happened today, those same nerds, the computer geeks or the theater geeks or whoever it was that we all loved and went to school with, you may have been one. I certainly was in theater myself in high school. I was certainly a nerd. Uh, they have taken retribution today to that next level. Not only can they own what everybody says about everything online, because that is our communication today. They are the AT&T call centers of the 1980s when we have only landlines. It's like AT&T coming down and saying, uh, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, guys, you can't say that on this line right now. Okay, continue. I mean, that's that's the equivalent of what they're doing. Uh, and so, but it's also not just online. It's also in Hollywood. This whole uh, idea of, of uh, political correctness in our movies, where all of a sudden you're taken out of Marvel's Avengers, uh, the last one that they did, uh, Endgame, right? And all of a sudden you have this woke moment where all the female you know, characters all line up together and they say, you know, it's almost a one to twin powers moment. And you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. How are they all here at the same time? And it totally takes you out of the movie. Or I the force is female. Entertainment. Not for political re-education, but to enjoy themselves and escape their day-to-day -day reality. Ask me, could you imagine a movie, let's say, like Blazing Saddles being made today? Never. In a million years could Blazing Saddles ever be made. Or any of those movies, Meatballs, or any just in the name stuff that we grew up with watching and loving. Because it's politically incorrect. Yet, here's the funny thing. I mean, even 10 years ago, maybe it wasn't 10, maybe it was 15 years ago, Team America, World Police. You know, the guys from South Park, the marionettes oh, yeah. one. One of the greatest Matt Damon, right? The film <laughs> Actors Guild. That one of the greatest uh, songs in, in movie history also in that movie. I don't want to say it here, but yeah, in America, F, F yeah, it's pretty good. Right. F, yeah. Right. So, so you, but that would never be allowed today. That was only a decade or so ago. So we don't have to go back to the 1980s or 70s to say, yeah, it would never be made. Something has happened, and it's the nerds, the geeks, the, 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 the power center of Silicon Valley and Hollywood that has now come back with vengeance against everything that they believe. And if, if it's woke, you know, uh, we're going to push it. And, you know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy with Star Wars, she has ruined this canon. And we've talked about it. I have Bill Whittle, and we've talked about it on the show. And I'm going to have another episode this week with Christian Toto, who is a movie critic, conservative movie critic. We're going to be talking more about it on my show this week. They have ruined Hollywood. Uh, they've ruined these canons. I can't watch Star Wars. It's awful now. 
And I'm not a huge fan. I love the original trilogy when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, so even even their biggest diehard fans are walking away from this stuff saying, yeah, no, I, you know, the force isn't female. The force is, is the force. It's some semi-religious, good and bad. It isn't about political correctness. So they're it, ruining it. It's laughable. You know, one of the biggest things while you're talking about all this was there was a huge uproar that I was reading about last year about something as simple as the movie, the 19, I think it was 1992, Aladdin. We've all seen it. Yes, you know, it's a great movie. Perfect. Robin Williams. Right, Robin Williams. There's a line in it where I believe the Sultan uses the term jihad. Yeah. And they're saying yes. that that was completely. Yes. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. And I forgot about it. Yeah, you're right. He, he, he I mean, it was like, a, a, um, uh, what do you, it was like a throwaway line, right? I forget what he said. I got to look yeah, that one up. Candidly, just you know, you know, jihad, and they say right. that this is anti-Islamic and that it had to be purged from the film. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the new one was. I know there was a live-action one. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know what they did on that one. I couldn't really comment too much on. I couldn't speak to that. I will tell you that something else that shocked me was when they put Friends on Netflix, which is, I think, probably the most harmless series, one of them ever. And there was a huge uproar saying that it was uh, transphobic. Uh, what, what was it? Was it transphobic? I think it was transphobic because in one of the episodes they make a comment about it. And so the whole thing is just complete trash. You know, and it was yeah. they had a petition made about it and everything. I mean, to what end? Because, you know, this is a reason that a lot of these comedians don't like to talk on college campuses or really in general. Because, I mean, how can you be funny? Because at any joke, there's always a butt of the joke. It doesn't have to be hateful, mean-spirited or nothing, but there has to be something there you're pointing out that you that the group would find amusing. Yeah. But you can't laugh at all because when you laugh at something, apparently it's always trying to humiliate and destroy it. Well, it, the problem is, is that you've got a media today that is controlled by probably 1% of the Twitterverse. Okay, it's the blue check marks that are looking for people that are offended so they can talk about a controversial issue, which was really never a controversial issue. It was 10 people sitting in their basement, kittens on keyboards, complaining about something that somebody said. And now that becomes a story. And that's how they get their news. And that's how we get our news today, because something has now become an issue and a story. And then it gets repeated in, in, in uh, mainstream media and it's laziness. And uh, that's one of the biggest uh, problems with our media today is that we're not getting real news. Twitter is not real life, folks, okay? I, I go on Twitter, I like it, I can see what's going on in the world, but if I'm sitting there and I'm banging away at trolls... Said that. <laughs> what's that? I think you crushed a lot of souls by informing them that Twitter is, in fact, not real life. No, it is not real life, and if you're sitting on Twitter 12 hours a day arguing with strangers in their basements, you need to be living your life, and guess what? The arguments that you're having is not what people care about. And so it is just because it makes the news. It's because that's where the blue check marks live and that's where they get their news stories from. And I, I get it. And, and I'm not suggesting Twitter is lousy. It's, it's a good place to get some news and follow some of the people that I like. And it's a good form of communication with some people. But the, 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 the stories aren't real. That's my point. It is not. It, that's fake news. That, that some guy who's a kitten on his keyboard is complaining because he's offended because of a 1996 episode of Friends, and that suddenly becomes a story that somebody writes about on Vox or Mother Jones, 
that this is BS. I'm sorry. We got to be talking about China. We got to be talking about the economy. We got to be talking about the leftist assault on free speech. These are the real issues of our time. Not not you know what Jennifer Aniston may have joked about in 1995. No, you're 100 percent right. Um, like you said, I think you made a great equivalent, you know, to these tech giants being very similar to you know like a Ma Bell back in the day or something like this. And I think there's going to be real issues, you know, coming across. I think that I hope that probably after the election, I see it realistically happening, Trump victory, that they're going to have to do something about big media as far as breaking it up, because these monoliths are clearly trying to define the complete social narrative of America. And I don't know, what do you think the answer to it is? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the answer. I don't think I have the complete answer to it. What, what do you do? You, what would you suggest? Do you think that the government should come in and break them up, a la Microsoft 1990s antitrust? Do do I want the big hand of government controlling it? And what happens if the Democrats take over the Senate and take over the White House, and now they it's have control? Yeah, so I don't know what the answer is here because uh, I think we're damned if we do, damned if we don't at this moment. I'm not too sure what the answer is. I kind of agree with you that kind of Pandora's box has been opened. Um, I think that, you know, like you said, I think, you know, getting people off of, you know, Facebook, uh, eventually Twitter and Instagram and on to, I think the future of social media is going to be, I think it is going to be more polarized to be very honest for good or for better or worse. And I think that people are going to gra gravitate towards people that naturally agree with them. I just think that that's inevitable. Well, I, th that's a good thing and it's a bad thing, right? Because if we're only in our own echo chambers and we're only talking with ourselves, as we're doing right now, there's probably not a lot of liberals listening to this right now, okay? Maybe some open-minded folks, that's great. But I think this is, this is where we can protect ourselves and we can talk about the problems and organize and we can talk about strategy, but we have to, and this is really what we're trying to do with our shows, we're you know over 200 episodes in now, is, is trying to bring others into the discussion. Because if, 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 if MSNBC is only uh, broadcasting to those people that like Rachel Maddow, you and I aren't watching it, that's their echo chamber. And our echo chambers over here, and maybe you're watching Fox or you're watching some other content, Daily Wire, whatever it may be. And that's great, but we need to figure out a way. See, here's, here's the issue. You've got the 10 percents on the extremes. You've got the hard right. You've got the hard left. Okay? And most of them are on Twitter or on social media, Facebook, whatever it may be. There's 80%, 40% around the middle in either way. And there's a 20%, 10% around the exact middle, okay, that are gettable. These are the people that aren't diehard po politicos. They aren't listening to this really right now uh, because they're busy. They're, they're at the soccer games with their kids and they're trying to pay their mortgages and they're going to take the kids to see Toy Story or whatever it may be. And then they turn on the debates like we saw this week, which we had a good time uh, live uh, broadcasting, you know, eight hours of this crap this week. Uh, and they turn it and they're like, holy cow, really? This is what they want? They want open borders and they want to pay health insurance for illegals and they want to raise my taxes? Okay, those are the people that we need to get. So we've got to go where they are. Unfortunately, it goes back to what you were just saying. This is where the problem is of social media throttling and deplatforming us because it's becoming harder and harder for those people to find us. So we've got to find other venues. What you're doing is exactly oh. the right thing. Well, uh, well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I think that you're 100% right. We do have to find other venues. 
you know, um, speaking of the debates, I thought there was a very interesting part in that debate when they were talking about uh, health care for illegals. Uh, at what point does that end? Of course, I have a human. I, I'm a human. Of course, I feel for humans. If somebody has an injury, of course, I believe it should be treated. There's no reason we should, you know, leave you know wounds festering and things like this. But at the same time, we can't prov- provide long-term care for illegals. I mean, what's next? Global welfare paid by the U.S. taxpayer? I mean, well, it's crazy. It, that's but that's the ultimate end game, isn't it? Of a socialist is that no no borders. Uh, we want global governance. We want the UN and the IMF uh, to run the whole show. And uh, it's 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 basically a Yoko Ono Imagine song. And yes, I said Yoko Ono wrote Imagine. Most people don't know that. John Lennon did not write Imagine. Yoko Ono wrote it years before in an awful bit of poetry in her book called Grapefruit. And uh, that's where, you know, John Lennon went off the rails. Anyway, to- totally different discussion. I'm seeing Paul McCartney in a couple of weeks at Dodger Stadium, so I'm excited. <laughs> but uh, my problem being is that you can't have this global uh, you can't have this global community without law and 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 ramifications. Listen, go back. You 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 know your history, okay? The Romans, the Roman Empire failed, and a lot of historians will disagree with with elements of this, but everybody agrees that uh, corruption inside politics, cronyism, and the open borders. Okay, where you had the Germanic hordes assimilating into the Roman Empire, they did not have the Roman Empire in there in, 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 as a priority for them. They had no patriotism towards Rome. They came in to infiltrate, and because of the open borders policy, quote unquote, of the Roman Empire, this is how the Roman Empire fell. It certainly played a role with the Visigoths, and Alric sacked Rome. Okay. So. So what are we looking at today with the Roman, uh, I'm sorry, the American empire? Not every empire lasts forever, folks. One thing I like to point out about immigration, illegal immigration, that I believe that the Democrats are the true racists because they only care about those people when they show up on our shores or across our borders, so they think they naturally vote Democrat. But why don't, you know, if, we re- if the Democrats really want to have this purpose and they wanted to make the world a better place like they want to publicly espouse, then why aren't they worried about the people living in Haiti or living in Central America? If they want to do something, why don't we make those places better or help Mexico not be a narco-terrorist state? That way the people can actually have a live economy. That way they don't feel they need to come here. Or how about Venezuela? I mean, this, is, this is this is the governance that they would like us to experience, basically socialism. And uh, look, I'm a naturalized immigrant. All right, I don't have much of an accent anymore. I came here when I was a kid. I'm lo- from London, England. Grew up, was raised in London. Came here in the 1970s. It took me 12 years to become naturalized because I got a green card and I waited in the long line with everybody else. I had to take a test. But if you were British, you should have been very at home, right in the queue there. Then absolutely. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. So I, it was uh, yeah, like NHS healthcare in London right now. Right. So uh, but, 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 but my point being is that I had to take a test to become a citizen. OK, I had to understand American history. I had to understand what the ter- the first 10 uh, uh, the first 10 amendments are called. I had to understand who the first president was and the const- all of this stuff that I had to learn, just like you're getting a driver's license. Now, here's the here's the problem, uh, you know, and I've thought about this. OK, when you and I travel abroad, I go to Canada or I go to Israel or London or whatever it is, I come back into the United States or if I'm at an airport overseas with an American customs, it takes me hours to go through a line. They're going to check through every piece of luggage that I'm bringing with me. 
They're going to question me. And I've got my papers. I've got my passport. What were you in Israel Get the for? old TSA massage at every airport. Everybody, right? It's like uh, Joe Biden, you know, coming up and checking you out. So, okay, what, do you, what, what were you in Tel Aviv for? Okay, how long you were there for? Are you bringing anything back with you? Do you have more than $10,000 in cash? I get questioned as an American citizen. But if I wanted to step, step over the line in El Paso, Texas, from Juarez, New Mexico, they're going to let me in. They're going to give me a court date to show up in three months, no questions asked. And if I don't show up, which 99% of the people don't, I'm just going to float out there into the ether. And there's no problem with that if, I'm, if, if you're a Democrat today. Well, no, absolutely not. That's one thing I think that it's amazing that, you know, they espouse tolerance, but yet they're so behind this, the suppression of fellow citizens just because they may disagree with them on just a few topics. Just a few. It doesn't have to be something as lightning rod as abortion or something like that. It could be the fact that I believe that there are two genders naturally occurring in nature. That makes me a demon in the eyes of the modern liberal. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're we're just having this discussion right now. Facebook will brand it as xenophobia and racist and bigoted. And there's nothing I, I, there's nothing I can say about it, because like you, I, I, I don't want people to suffer. I don't want I don't want people to make that trek from Honduras, the thousands of miles through Mexico to come to America. Uh, I don't want them to start out at all because of the incentives that we've provided for them. Listen, President Barack Obama, whatever you think about him, um, he deported more immigrants than Trump has. Uh, he's deported more immigrants. There were less immigrants coming in, so the numbers are a little bit different now. Why were there less immigrants coming in? Why were there less immigrants? Why, why did we not have these caravans? Because the economy stunk, right? For, for six to eight years, we never saw a decent economy. Most people knew that if they came, they couldn't get jobs. So that hey, was if they wanted an American job under Obama, they should have went to Mexico and got an auto factory job, right? Yeah, well, that's true as well. Absolutely. But now the economy is humming. And now we are the economic beacon of the world because the rest of the world is suffering right now. China's slow. Uh, Europe is slow. Uh, and so America is the place where you can get a job. So everybody is now coming up. We talk about hordes. We talk about caravans. Everybody is now coming up to the United States because they know they can get a job. Uh, and, and, and with the Democrats, you know, with Ocasio-Cortez standing at a, a fence looking at a parking lot on the other side with these crocodile tears, they're saying, yeah, they want us to come. They're incentivizing us to come because they're not going to check our papers. They're not going to make sure that we show up for court. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the ridiculous nature. It, this is Shakespearean. This is this is absolutely tragic in its nature. And the Democrats are to blame. The same Democrats that six, seven, ten years ago, Chuck Schumer said, we do not want illegal aliens coming. They will be sent back. Obama said the same thing. What changed? It's all about, it's all about the votes. That's all it's about. It's all about the votes. I agree 100 percent. And then, you know, uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I hope that we can, again, I think a measured response, obviously, you know, I think that something's going to have to be done. There's a lot of humanity sitting here, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of people. They're going to have to be put back in their home countries one way or the other. I think that's the only solution to it. And we'll have to see the way it turns out, I guess. So what's your prediction uh, for the 2020 election? How do you think it's shaping up? Who, who do you think? We're a long ways off. It's prediction yeah. time. I'm not saying you're the swami of this. 
But who would you call if you had to call the candidate right now? You know, we just did uh, a live uh, debate panel uh, two nights. Great folks. We had Michael Loftus on with us, Ken Emmons, Sabo, the conservative street artist. So you guys can find that on our Facebook page, Whiskey Politics. Just look for Whiskey Politics. Um, and uh, we were talking about it. And that was my question to the panel at the end. Before I even turned on any of the other news or, or the Internet, I, you know, we were saying who won the debate. And I said... And I said this about six months ago as well. I said, uh, Kamala Harris is going to be up there. She's going to be on the ticket, probably a VP, but she's going to be on the ticket. I think Kamala Harris is voicing the anger that so many on the left have right now. And she's going after Biden because he is the uh, target right now. Uh, but uh, she is going to be, she's a woman of color. She's hitting all the check boxes. Okay. She's obviously, you know, California. Uh, and, uh, so I think she's going to be on there. I, I don't know if Biden can turn it around. He looked really, really old this week. And the only reason. He looked stale, didn't he? He, he looked stale. stale and slow. And I mean, he answered questions that, that didn't make sense. What's the first action you're going to take when you get elected into office? Defeating Donald Trump. It's like, really? Dude. Uh, you I know. Look so stale and old. I think he thought he was running against Dwight Eisenhower until he said that. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, it's really, it's really scary. And 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 the fact is, is that you know, as far as the left goes, they're looking for a woman of color. They're looking for gay. They're looking for transgender because it's all about identity first for them. Policy second. It's how it's what your skin looks like. It's your sexuality. That's the most important thing to these progressives today, which is completely hypocritical and ironic how they've been pushing against racism. And they they, they will call us racists and xenophobes and everything else bigots when the only thing they're going to vote for. And they did this in 2016. Half the people that voted for Hillary was because of her plumbing. So I think it's going to be Kamala Harris. I don't think Buttigieg is, is got a chance in Hades to be on the ticket. Uh, and I'm not saying that because of his sexuality. I don't care that he's gay. I think he's weak. He's not I enough of an insider yet. He's a small man. Uh, you, you're never going to have a president with the name but in his name. I'm sorry. It just ain't going to happen. I'm a marketing guy. All right. It's just reality. I'm sorry to say it. Okay. Uh, but uh, he's a little man at five foot eight. He's it's just not going to happen. So they want to push him. Beto's done. You know, he might have another surge a little bit later because it's going to be shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Wasn't um, that the best thing you've ever seen when he just went into Spanish, the broken Spanish like that? It's, it's like he got pandering, but they're all pandering. Of I don't know, Pancho Villa or something. It was crazy. Yeah, it's they're all pandering and uh, he hasn't earned a dime in his life. Somehow he gets a job for one hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars a year as a state representative. And he's worth nine million. And that's before he married into five hundred million. So, you know, yeah. Tell me about the plight of the working man, Robert. You're not <laughs> right, Beto, you know, under socialism for success. Marry into rich family. Got it. Check. Learn from Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> Hey well, man, okay. um, if it works for him. Let me let me figure out a way. You got anybody you can introduce, introduce me to? Exactly. I'm I'm on the market. Uh, you <laughs> You're on the long line. Go at newrightnetwork.com if you know anybody that meets that criteria. Uh, no, hey Dave. You know it's a beautiful day out here, and um, I guarantee you, me and you will be talking more in the future. I really, really enjoy this, and uh, I'm glad that we get to you know help cross promote each other and get the voices out Likewise. there. Leave it. The more, the better, and the about plurality. And uh, I think I mispronounced that, but I think we all got the gist. But anyways, um, if people are looking for you again online, where would they find you? 
look for Whiskey Politics. We are at uh, our, our show is hosted at America's Voice News. You can find us daily, and I also do a, a, a wrap-up on Mondays as well at America's Voice News. Find us at YouTube if you're not uh, America's Voice News, at the Ricochet Audio Network for our podcast, and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and everywhere else as well. Uh, we'll take this, and we'll put it up at our Facebook page, and you can follow me on Twitter at David Sussman. Like I said, I'm not hugely active on Twitter, but uh, I'm there. That's great. And as always, you can find us at www.newrightnetwork.com. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at New Right Network. One word, at New Right Network. And thank you for joining us, Dave. Stick around for just a moment. And that's a wrap. Thanks. You've been listening to New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.